Well, welcome. This is WNZN Radio coming to you again from Lorain, Ohio. Very happy that you tuned in. Again, 89.1 FM on your radio dial. And another day, David. Yes. Beautiful. Another day. Uh, late yeah. summer. Not late summer. It's kind of uh, kind of near the end of right. summer. And just a little inklings of fall weather and the start of football and everything else. But we're really yeah. happy, you know, that we have this platform mm. for WNZN uh, over the years. You were just calculating. It's been like seven years It's now. been a little over Six, seven, seven years. years. Yeah, we've done, I don't know, a couple hundred, a couple hundred plus shows already. Yeah, and like you yeah. said, uh, you know, all these shows are the good portion of these shows are archived. You can retrieve them and listen to them by just going to www.john1421.com. John, you know, uh, which is my what was my early favorite verse back then. <laughs> right. John1421.com. And on the left side, you'll see a, a drop down. And they're all titled and dated. And we're talking what? Uh, apologetics and missionaries yes. and people involved in ministry. Interviews from interviews all over the world. Over yeah, the world. incredible yeah. interviews. Right. So we thank God today we have another special guest. Uh, this is Matthew Basemore. Uh, very interesting story. Uh, the journey he's been on and the ministries he's been involved in and, and what he's at now. And I thought it'd be a really good uh, good time to just talk with him and see yeah. what it's all about. I think we're probably going to garner a lot of good uh, wisdom and insight on finances. You know, yes. really, uh, you know, I don't know what it is, Dave. The older I get, I often wonder what they taught us in high school. You know, like algebra and trigonometry. I mean, why did they teach us how to balance a yes. checkbook or how to save or invest yes. properly or do something? Else. Stuff that yes. you can actually use in a real world. You know, world. how to yeah. change a tire on a car. Yeah, exactly. But anyhow, we're going to yeah. find out some good financial <laughs> information today. Uh, welcome, Matthew. Good morning. Okay, good to, afternoon, whatever. <laughs> good, good, good to have you on board. Uh, yeah. Like I said, and we'll, we'll just refer to you as Matt. Is that good? Uh, yeah, oh, that's fine. Yes. Okay, okay mm-hmm. Matt. And... Um, I'm just thinking, hey, now, wasn't Matthew the tax guy that handled money? Right. You know, the 12 apostles? <laughs> okay, how appropriate is this? Okay. Yes. Um, yeah. Just as a caveat, though, is anyone having trouble uh, hearing us if there's any static? I know the further you get away from Lorraine in the range, uh, simply, like I said, uh, go to what I do is, is just uh, on Alexa or on my phone on Saturdays, I just uh, stream it. Just go to, you know. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. 1421.com yeah. or you can listen to the go to the station and listen mm-hmm. by just going to WNZN radio yes. and it's the drop down there for life mm-hmm. so Matt uh, again thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule maybe you can just introduce yourself uh, to the audience to our listeners uh, what what you just about your life and your testimony how you came to Christ how that impacted and transformed your life and we'll just move from there and then get into your present uh, ministry career slash ministry and and any tips you want to give us or biblical insights uh, we'll just ask questions and we'll just kind of see where the see where the holy spirit leads in all of these different topics we'll be touching base on yep. okay matt just tell us a little about yourself then if you would please yeah sure thing john um so i am originally i grew up in Hinkley, ohio many of your listeners probably know that's where the buzzers return every mm. ides of march um so grew up uh in that community, it's a great community. Really appreciate it. Um, you know, I also grew up going to church, as many uh, probably your listeners can uh, relate to. Uh, uh, kind of an interesting part, though, to our story is that um, my uncle. So, from my mom's side, uh, he went to Kent State and was there during the shootings. Was not involved. He was in another part of campus, but 
when he was there, he came to Jesus uh, through the ministry of the Navigators, and uh, through him, he led his parents, my mom and my dad, as well as uh, my uncle and aunt, all to the Lord. And so, um, as a result, I was able to grow up going to church um, based on that my parents were young believers, really wanted to be involved, and and just live for Jesus. And so I was able to grow up in that environment that really looked back with uh, a lot of gratitude for how God uh, worked in that situation. And um, and my parents, they, you know, they took us every Sunday. Uh, that was not always fun, especially in some of the uh, northern Ohio winters. Um, you know, if the car didn't start, it's like, whew, uh, we didn't have to go. Yeah, right. uh, but other than that, we were going. And, um, and so it wasn't until college that uh, really the Lord got a hold of my heart, uh, and I just wanted to live for Him. So I received Jesus into my heart at a young age, but nothing really huge happened, nothing, no big change that I could point to. I was always been a good kid. I'm the middle child, and so very compliant, very quiet, and uh, just go along with the flow. But in college, um, I got involved with Camps Crusade for Christ, or crew as it's known today, um, at Wright State University, and at the same time I got involved, uh, the Lord just started making connections in my heart, understanding uh, what this relationship with Jesus was all about, spending time with Him, uh, getting to know the Bible, and hearing God's voice through that, along with uh, fellowshipping, and just all the other things that you associate with following Jesus. They just started to make sense to me. And then at the, at the other side of it, I was also asking the question, is Christianity true? Is Jesus true? And, and so while I was really experiencing closeness with God, I was just presenting him this question, okay, Jesus, is this true or is this, um, I don't want to follow it just because my parents told me or because, I, uh, because of my experience and my background, but I want to follow you because you're true. And so that led me on a journey of... Uh, uh, apologetics, you mentioned that you uh, feature apologetics and talks and that on this radio program in the past. And uh, those were the things that really, um, really captured my heart. It's like I pretty much ended up agreeing. It's like, yes, I, I have enough evidence here and reasoning ability to see that the Bible is the word of God, that Jesus did really exist. He is the son of God. Uh, he did die for my sins. It just makes it's the best explanation for all that I've experienced in life. Uh, it just it just made sense, and uh, and so that was part of the my heart's journey um, in college with crew, and and I ended up on, and I don't endorse this way, but I pretty much majored in crew and minored <laughs> in school. So <laughs> I'm definitely definitely not proud of that, just because I value study, and uh, there's definitely things that I missed out because of that. But there are also a lot of things that God was doing in my heart. And so I ended up uh, joining uh, crew staff full-time as a missionary and um, did all the you know missionary support and, and things like that. Uh, this is after college and uh, was assigned to Indiana University. Um, and one pivotal moment that shortly after I arrived there was we had um, a former crew staff uh, or staff alum who had gone to grad school out at uh, Talis School of Theology and learned under thinkers like J.P. Moreland um, and others that uh, we came and he did a, a talk on campus about the problem of evil. And, and then the next day he uh, spoke to our staff team and 
what he talked about during that time was about how Jesus is pushed out. You know, Jesus is the smartest man who ever lived, and he's got the wisdom and the guidance and the knowledge for every issue that we deal with in mankind. And But yet in the college campus where, um, where there is supposedly knowledge being discussed and trying to address problems, Jesus was not allowed into that discussion. And that really burdened me. I remember just my as, as this uh, friend who the speaker that came as he was talking to our staff team about the situation my heart was like oh this is bugging me it's like jesus you are worthy you are you have a place here at the table and i want to be a part of it and so that led me to make some changes in my direction i ended up um a few years later i uh, stayed on campus for a few more years uh in that time i met my my beautiful wife deb uh, who was also on crew staff at another campus, and we, uh, after going to um, one other assignment, we we headed out to California, where I studied uh, under J.P. Moreland in their master's program of Christian philosophy, just to give it a shorter title, um, as well as uh, William Lane Craig and a few others that I just uh, that was those are my I would call my golden year. I was just like in heaven there, yeah. uh, just learning learning away um, and. We ended up switching from the undergrad side of ministry to the faculty and grad student side of ministry with crew called Faculty Commons. And uh, we came back, uh, we ended up coming back to the Midwest at Indiana University. Uh, We're partnered with the undergrad side of things as well as uh, building a movement, if you will, of of, uh, Christian faculty that God had placed at Indiana University. And just as a rich, rich time. Uh, and then about 10 years ago, God started stirring in our hearts again. Uh, we thought we'd be on crew for life, and God had other minds just like he often likes to do. Um, and uh, I've been in the pastorate. Through some circumstances, I ended up uh, coming to the pastorate uh, that brought us back to the Strongsville area about 10 years ago, as I said, and uh, assistant pastor there. And then... Um, Five years ago, heard a call uh, with uh, the Christian and Missionary Alliance to uh, be the senior pastor at Living Hope Church uh, in Medina, Ohio. Um, and then uh, recently, and this brings us up to the present day of why I get to speak about um, uh, finances and that, or at least offer some reflections, is that uh, this past November, uh, this is many other churches are hurting especially smaller churches uh we've had to go through the process of selling our building and we're looking into what next steps god has for us and in the meantime the elders gave me permission to look for work so that my family could be provided for i really appreciated that from them and uh god opened up this opportunity to be a financial planner uh with northwestern mutual uh, in the office that's here in akron and uh, and so I've been doing that uh, ever since. So that uh, that began um, about four or five months ago. Made the transition to full time, uh, kind of discipling people with their finances. It's how I like to think of it. And uh, and for those who know that I'm a senior pastor, I often like to joke that uh, I'm now a pastor of finance. Huh. So I like uh, so let me just yeah. So that's kind of brings us up to uh, to the present day. Um, let me just pause there are there any questions that dave or john that you have that i might be able to fill in gaps as i was sharing my story yeah well first of all thank you matt for giving us that overview really interesting overview a couple points 
Number one, I really like uh, Campus Crusade for Christ, and uh, now it's, mm -hmm. the acronym is CREW. And yeah. I, I really like Bill Bright's book on fasting, The mm -hmm. Coming Revival. You remember that, I'm, I think, probably for sure. But it was amazing. Uh, yes. He was very early coming out. Uh, he was early uh, in 1950s, mm -hmm. early 50s, and how this organization started. But he wrote a book. It's really uh, one of the classics in terms of prayer and fasting for a nation. That's a good point I wanted to bring up. The other is my wife was down at Kent State as a student when the shootings took place. Oh, wow. Yeah, and this is interesting because I was a soldier during the Vietnam War at that time. I was stationed in Thailand. And uh -huh. I remember getting the U.S. The Army had a, what's called a, the Army Times, a uh -huh. newspaper. And the byline was Cleveland, Ohio, but it's, my friend was looking at it, he goes, hey, do you know Kent State University, there was a shooting of students there? Because uh, I said, yeah, that's, that's the Cleveland office is the one that was mm -hmm. publishing the story. And yeah. uh, little did I realize that like 15 years later, uh, my wife would be the student from there. I was in the soldier in Thailand at the time. We both oh got gosh. saved and ended up back as missionaries in Thailand. <clears throat> so there's Isn't a connection. It's kind of interesting connection. The other thing is, when you mentioned your study in apologetics, William Lane Craig is like the man. Uh, anyone yes. has studied any uh, apologetics, he is like, what was that like with him personally, Matt? Oh my gosh. Uh, well, first off, uh, Professor Craig is just a wonderful man. He was, uh, he and Dr. Moran were, those are some of my favorite classes. Um, but I will tell you this, he is a challenging professor. He will uh, he expects a lot out of you, and I, I'm better because of that. Um, so he's a nice guy, great teacher, he's so thorough. I would encourage anybody uh, on any topic uh, apologetics related, and even theolo theologically related, uh, to hear Dr. Craig's position and his thoughtfulness. He, um, you know, just we think about uh, living life unto Jesus and being faithful with every area and especially loving God with our minds that he really exemplifies, I think, and just, a, I, I'm just, I just enjoy yeah. reading him yeah. of bringing that integration of sound theology and sound wisdom together and thinking issues through. Right. So I, uh, it was, it was truly uh, a blessing from God for me to be able to learn under those men. Yeah, he was, he, that's the one I'm most familiar. I know Moreland, I forget the book I read that he did, but I, Greg, I, I, William Lane Craig, I really like. Okay, so now, Dave, do you have a question? Yeah, well, actually, I was I was going to read something, if I could, off of your site. I was looking at yeah. it while you were talking, and it talks yeah. about you. It says about me. Uh, I'm just going to read it because you can see the Christian pastor in this all the way. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm committed to helping you be a good steward of your finances. When you partner with me, you can expect a judgment-free, pressure-free environment with conversations that will be jargon-free. My firm has the following three values. Hope, no matter what your situation is, there is always a way to make it better and grow. Agape, this is the Greek word that means valuing others and seeking the best for others without any expectation of return. And wisdom, with a complex and changing economy, making day-to-day -day choices can be challenging. As we partner together, my arm will be to help you navigate those choices in light of where you want to go and make wise choices. Now, I got to tell you, I, I was in finance, and those are not the things that they start with. <laughs> so, uh, you know, having said that, I'll, I'll let you go on, Matt. Matt, yeah. uh, so why don't you then kind of uh, uh, enlighten us and our mm -hmm. listeners of what are the principles or lay the groundwork uh, 
like David says, when he was in the finance field back way back when, before he was a believer, it was so different than what's stated in your mission statement. Uh, tell us, just inform us where you want to go with this, and tell, and then we'll be, give out your uh, information in terms of contact or people that are listening might want to get a hold of you as we go yeah. through the show. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think a kind of a biblical or Christian worldview would begin with finances with those three values that I seek to be true of how I interact with others, hope, agape, and wisdom. Um, and so I think that's our starting point. First off, that no matter where, I mean, the hope is just, uh, it's part of following Jesus, right? He is our hope um, in whatever circumstances that God can redeem any situation. And, you know, I think of, you know, I, I haven't made millions in my lifetime. Um, I've been I've been seeking to be a faithful steward of my family's finances for years being in ministry. And my wife and I, we have we have felt the tightness of serving God and the tighter budgets and that and living within our means. And that can be really challenging. And I just know from the studies that I've come across that give these numbers that people are feeling a lot of pain these days, that things are tight, um, especially the last few years as inflation has increased. And so the dollars we have in our bank can't go as far now. They can't purchase what they used to purchase. And so um, that's, uh, so wherever people are feeling the pain of the tightness in, in their finances, that a God-centered framework would say, God, you are able to redeem me and return this around. And, uh, and so I think that's one of the starting points. Another starting point is that love. We are loved. And so we can operate and live while we seek to be good stewards uh, of what God has entrusted to us with that kind of uh, freedom that Jesus talks about where we don't have to worry in the Sermon on the Mount. I'm thinking specifically in chapter 6 where, uh, you know, where he mentions in 6.33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things shall be added and the context is about uh what we will eat and what we will wear that just the basic necessities of life that because we are loved by our heavenly father to such a degree that as we seek to be good stewards we can live without worry because god loves us and that's that's why i have agape uh, mm -hmm. as that second value is that is one of those major threads throughout the uh, story of scripture that unites uh, just God's story. Um, and and I want people to know that they are loved. And, and because God is good, he can redeem anything and because he loves us. And then the third one is wisdom. Wisdom is, is another kind of major thread throughout the story of scripture. Uh, and it's, you know, it's there in the garden. Yep. It's what Adam and Eve were tempted with. Um, and, and we've got the book of Proverbs. We've got the example of Solomon who asked for wisdom and God commended him uh -huh. for asking for wisdom that God wants us. And then in uh, Colossians, we see that in Jesus is are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And so we just there's this theme of wisdom and wanting to walk. I think I think many people want to know how to walk faithfully through this maze of, uh, of living in our time and culture of America at this moment, right. that there's, um, 
people just need a lot of wisdom. And so I think those are the first three things that start off with mm. having a biblical mindset of finances. Yeah. Um, and then uh, specifically, you know, there's this issue, and that's all in the context of, of stewardship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so here's how I would uh, define stewardship. I would say stewardship, is, and I'll explain this, but uh, and you're going to see kind of the philosopher, my philosophy training at Talbot out of this, but stewardship is the delegated authority to cultivate and guard someone else's property. And so first of all is delegated authority. And this comes right at the heart of Genesis. Stewardship is another thread mm-hmm. in this, the story of scripture mm-hmm. that uh, at the beginning, mankind was given stewardship over the earth and in all that right. we do. And, and so that's that delegated authority. God could have said, you know, he, he's the king, king of the universe. And uh, the words in, in Genesis, the Hebrew of likeness and image point to have, have royal connotations at the time that Moses wrote, uh, as, it, as that tradition was being passed down and written down by Moses. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so mankind was meant to be vice kings over the earth so just the way that god ruled over benevolently good you know in a good way with with love over the whole universe man was delegated that authority mm-hmm. to rule over and subdue the earth and, and and so we don't own it we've been delegated the earth god is the owner of all things right uh, and so that's why stewardship begins with that delegated authority it's it's the owner has said i am giving this to you to take care of um, and that's the next part of my definition, to cultivate and guard. This is what, uh, from Genesis 2.15, when uh, God places man, Adam, in the garden to cultivate and to guard his order. So I think many of your listeners will recall that it was God who planted the garden. Mm-hmm. And so he set the order here on the earth, and then he gave, delegated Adam and Eve to continue to spread that order. And the goal, biblically speaking, was to meant to cover the earth uh, with God's order. And so uh, that's where I'm getting that to cultivate and to guard. So not only to be fruitful and multiply with whatever somebody has been entrusted with, mm-hmm. but also to guard it as well. Yeah. Um, and so, and then it's obviously it's someone else's property. So uh, what we are stewards of are not, is not our own. Uh, we've been given those things. And so, biblically speaking, our finances are all a gift from God. And so we have been, God has entrusted to us. He's delegated his yeah. authority to steward those things, to cultivate and to guard our finances in a way that, um, in his ways, yeah. um, and with his blessing. Right. You know, I, I was just looking while you were talking at Psalm 24, verse 1 and 2, which speaks exactly to that point. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, for he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. So, you know, I, I never really um, looked at it that way before I was a Christian, Matt. Uh, yeah. Everything for me rested on my own shoulders, diligence, hard work, and uh, I never prayed for anything or, or through anything typically. Uh, and now that has changed uh, since I've become a Christian. And, um, you know, I pray through, through stuff. And, you know, the one scripture you were referring to is don't worry about 
you know, your clothes, what you will wear, eat. I mean, look at the birds of the sky. You know, it's amazing when you think what happens every single day on the planet Earth. Billions of pounds of food is is there every single day for his uh, wildlife. And, yes. you know, when you actually look at it with a microscope, it is just amazing to me that people don't see creation in the planet Earth and the Creator. Mm-hmm. Matt, yeah. I have a question. What what do you think are the, some of the biggest mistakes as Christians, as believers, might make regarding finances or um, uh, tithes offering, uh, sacrifice, um, investment, savings, legacy? Just speak to that, if you would, just a little bit. Yeah, so this is that's a great question, John. Uh, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is... Um, is confusing money with the love of money and and so the pursuit of being faithful with with as stewards with our finances to try to grow them uh and and continue you know to be fruitful and multiply in that area by following god's ways with finances i think some people are hesitant um and back off because there's a confusion wait the Money itself is not an evil. It's it's a tool. It's a it's a means of exchange. Um, it's the love of money that Paul says lead is the root of all evil. And mm-hmm. and so that's just obviously something that we that any believer follower of Jesus needs to guard against themselves. Yeah. And so knowing themselves and allowing the Spirit to surface the things in our hearts about uh, particular temptations of thing of what things might be or lead to we need to be aware of that but mm-hmm. simply to grow and expand what we've been entrusted is not evil and of itself it's what's it's where is our love and so because we think about it you know if seek first his kingdom and his righteousness if i'm where that would look like in growing our finances would be how can i use these finances to not only provide for my family pass on to the next generation but how can i use it to further god's mm-hmm. kingdom because guess what uh satan is trying to establish his kingdom on the earth and he's got financiers who are working really hard to raise a lot of money now they don't know that they're working for the, the enemy but satan can use their love of money uh to grow his kingdom and to advance his kingdom and and so i think the reason why he does that is in scripture satan's a big copycat he wants to do whatever God God is doing. He wants to try to establish his kingdom. He wants to draw people away. That's why there's an antichrist, mm-hmm. uh, because um, because God sent his Christ, his anointed son. Um, and so Satan just wants to copy. And so we look at what he's doing, and we can see, well, this is, he's simply just doing what God wants to do. And so finances play a part in extending God's kingdom and, and extending his kingdom all over the earth so people might might know this is this is the whole root of of organizations like crew and navigators and so many missions organizations of extending god's kingdom and it can't be done without finances so if if people here wherever you're at if you're not faithful with your finances um and living within your means and seeking to grow them then guess what there's a there's a, a hindrance if you will to helping extend the kingdom through giving to those efforts and so uh so that's definitely one thing that comes to my mind that uh, i think at least i can make that mistake i've heard others make that mistake so 
of just um, confusing the love of money as the root of all evil with wanting money uh, as the root of all evil. In fact, that, that reminds me from Proverbs uh, chapter 30. Uh, what happened? His phone. Hello? Yeah, sorry okay. about that. I got cut off. No problem. Um, so, <laughs> you know, one illustration I give, Matt, is uh, about money. And a lot of people, you know, with the love of money, the two, when I was teaching overseas, I'd use this illustration. But I have a yeah. coin about the size of a quarter. And I would hold it right by my eye, right in front of my eye. I had a squint with my other eye. And I said, mm -hmm. if you do that, what do you see? And they would say, all you see is the money. All you see is the coin. That's all you see. But if I stretch my arm out holding that coin, they'd, I'd say, what do I see? And they say, well, you see us, you see the trees, you see the house, mm -hmm. and we see the quarter, you see the coin. I said, the amount of the money didn't change. But where where we hold it and how we hold it is the important thing. That's right. That, that's yeah. great, John. Yeah. So it, that's good. It, anyhow, I was just yeah, thinking about that when visual. you mentioned that because yeah. a lot of people get that confused, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, I was just reading this in uh, statistics of, of uh, Bible statistics. Sixteen out of thirty-eight of Jesus' parables deal with money and possessions. Mm -hmm. Nearly twenty-five percent of Jesus' words in the New Testament deal with biblical stewardship. One yes. out of ten verses in the Gospels deal with money. Do you ever think of that? Mm -hmm. No, I didn't know um, that, actually. <laughs> there are more than 2,000 scriptures on tithing, money, possessions, offerings, sacrificial giving. Uh, yes. But, I mean, it's, it's I guess wow. it, it's our everyday life. You know, it's almost like the water we swim in is our, is our possessions, our money, and how we use yeah. that to the glory of God is what you're involved in, Matt. And that's why we're going to keep rolling, going with that. And... Uh, giving us yeah. some uh, good instruction and good advice moving forward. Yeah. 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 So, uh, Matt, the, in chapter uh, 25, the parable of talents uh, strikes me because here where, uh, and this makes a connection with investing. So, obviously, investing was not Jesus' main point. It was to be faithful with what we've been trusted with, and it's faithful to multiply it, right, which echoes his blessing the father's blessing back in Genesis to be fruitful mm -hmm. and multiply. And the, the avenue for that faithfulness was investing, going to the marketplace and exchanging it in order for it to grow. To and, and so in Jesus' parable there, the, you know, each person doubles it except for the last one. And, and there Jesus says, you know, the minimum is just put it in the bank to gain some interest. That's better than doing nothing with what we've been given. And so I think you're right. The, the scripture is just replete with so many references mm -hmm. to money. It deals with faithfulness. It deals with following Jesus um, and, and, and doing well, right? Being fruitful and multiplying with what we've been given and allowing it to grow. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, we, whenever I sit down with, um, with either a single or a couple, and, I, and I, I've been able to meet with people at, at all different stages of life. I just met with yesterday a, um, a gentleman who's uh, a widower, and he's retired, and I sat down with him to help him come up with a plan, uh, help him sit down and think through, okay, here's where he's at, where's the next step. And I've also met with um, young men and women who are young professionals, who are just getting started and helping them 
come up with a plan. I'm, I've, I've also met with families. And so um, as we think about every stage, uh, every life stage that somebody's at, there's some common principles, which you'll find with any good um, other financial planners or people who are in the same industry as I am as followers of Jesus that have a lot of, uh, a lot of resources out there that one of the places that I start is we think about, okay, what kind of house, what kind of financial house are you wanting to build? And obviously we all, we all want to start with the foundation because if the foundation's bad, the whole rest of the house is going to be bad. And Paul makes this connection in his letters about Christ being the foundation and building upon that foundation. And, and so thinking through, here are four, uh, four solid, um, four things that make a solid foundation to your financial house. Uh, first off is minimize or eliminate debt. Um, second is have a budget and live within that budget. The next one is to have an emergency fund set aside. Uh, and this is, you know, you'll hear different times, but this is, this will be three to six months of, of, of your fixed expenses set aside in savings in case the unexpected happens. And then finally, having the right protections in place um, for your finances, uh, such as uh, the different kinds of insurance. Those are protections there, whether you pass away to make sure that your family is covered or protected in that case. And, and the other is a kind of uh, protection of your income in case you get sick or injured. And so we first sit down and we look at people's foundations. What foundation are they building upon? And we make sure that, that they have the right things in place to build that foundation. So some of your listeners would just, it'd just be good for them to think about, okay, am I, do I, do we have a budget? Am I, do I know every, where all my money is going out and all the money that's coming in and am I balancing it? Am I, or am I spending more, you know, just to have that conversation because as soon as awareness helps, will help you walk in wisdom. You can't walk in wisdom if you're not aware of where you're at. And so, so that's a, a first step. We look at the debt, you know, obviously a mortgage falls under that. Um, but there's one thing that's hard to, that it becomes a tension, right? Because we hear Paul's words in Romans 13, eight, oh, no one, anything. And we can easily take that as, okay, all debt, I should not have any debt at all. And so if I do have debt, that's what I need to attack first uh, to get rid of that. The problem is uh, a debt like a, a home mortgage that takes a long time to get rid of, what, what you can do is you can lose actual ground with your finances because if you're pouring all your extra resources to paying off debt, you're losing out on the value, the time value of money. And what that simply means is that the sooner you start saving, the longer in any kind of instrument, whether it's investments, just even a high interest savings account, um, or or other like a cash value life policy, when when your money has longer time to grow, you get to reap the benefits. It can compound and grow faster than if you were to start later and save more. And there's many illustrations you can find online about this uh, the time value of, of saving money. And so there's got to be a balance there. And every person situation is different um and so what i help try to help do is look at a person's situation and help them balance okay 
you're in a place where you need to get rid of this debt now. This is what you need to focus on now. But we do need to get you at some point transitioning over where others are like, okay, you're in a situation where you need to balance between uh, putting money towards savings as well as paying off your debt. You need to balance them. And so we try uh, with the team of people I work with in, in um, over here in Akron is that we try to see where each individual person is at and their family and to come up with a plan that is unique and distinctive to them um, that also applies these principles by looking at how strong is your foundation and then how can we build a good financial house off of that that balances not lose paying off debt but also saving for the long term and that really is a balancing at that um again people can give um you know principles but the problem with books and blogs and videos is that they're meant for a wide audience and <clears throat> so what might be what a video might speak to somebody's situation is not is going to hurt somebody in another situation and that's where working with an advisor can help bring uh, folks just that extra level of confidence that they have somebody in their corner. And, uh, and for me and for any other follower of Jesus who is a financial planner, you know, to think in God's ways of how to be faithful and to make that balancing act mm -hmm. so that we can achieve glory to God, good stewardship of finances, and helping to extend uh, the kingdom of Christ. Matt, that's a very good overview. Yeah, that was insight. great. Yeah. Uh, real quick, Matt, what, what would you think are one, two, maybe three blind spots uh, uh, a believer might have regarding finance? Is there, is there, in your experience, is there like two or three things that really stand out where you'd say, boy, they really should have seen that, or that's something that's not that difficult, but it's, you know, <laughs> you don't realize it. You don't realize by definition what a blind spot is unless yeah. somebody points it out to you. Do you recognize yeah. any of those? Yeah, and actually the first one that comes to my mind has actually been a, a blind spot in my own life, and that is sitting down and being aware of where my money goes and and just having that budget. So early on in our marriage, uh, when I was going to seminary, uh, I was on top of our budget. Um, I enjoyed it. <laughs> it was fun, and I had the time for it. Um, as we got kids and life became increasingly complex, we bought a house. Um, you know, there, all those things take time, and and so my capacity uh, dwindled, and I was less inclined to want to stay on top of our budget. And and so that's still been a challenge for me uh, to stay on top of it. But that's been a blind spot for me. I need to be aware of what I'm spending money on. And uh, and if I'm not aware of that, then that's gonna hurt any of our savings goals, uh, any of the things that we're trying to do. And I think people can be so busy these days that uh, there's there can be the temptation to not give time to giving attention to your budget and looking at the actual things, your actual expenses, your bank statements, and then saying, okay, what did we spend money on? So that's one blind spot that comes uh, to mind. Um, I think a second blind spot is what Scripture talks about in Proverbs, about the, the, um, the benefit and the wisdom of having multiple 
mm-hmm. advisors. Uh, you know, our culture has a celebrity kind of status. Uh, you know, celebrities are brought up, and we 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 have our our own people that we want to follow. That um, and that if anybody says anything different, then we just ignore it or we don't think about it. And so I think the Christian community, we can have that same mindset too. We all have our favorite teachers. And what, what they say is exactly what the Bible says is, the, is often the claim or what can often go on. And it's the same thing for, um, for financial, um, for those who speak into finances in the Christian community, is that uh, there's, there's more than one way to be a good steward of your finances. And so to walk in wisdom means to have multiple advisors, so multiple people that you listen to. Even, um, and it's okay to listen to uh, people that you may not agree with because that helps you get thinking about their points and to thinking about, okay, why am I doing this? And it allows us to check our assumptions, to check uh, what we are drawing in to be informed both scripturally and uh, in principally about what what am I basing my decision on in this action? And it really helps when we hear somebody else's opinion to get us or other uh, educated thoughts uh, and perspective that it does help us to cause us to think more deeply. Mm-hmm. And I think that's um, that would be a second thing is that we can be blind to uh, to other advisors that have good solid biblical advice, um, or at least uh, advice that is aligned with the framework of Scripture, even if um, even if they are not quoting or drawing from Scripture itself, that uh, God has imbued a lot of these financial principles into the way things are. And so, uh, and that was, that was Solomon. He reflected, and he saw God's wisdom reflected not in Scripture, although it's there, but you read the Proverbs, and it's him looking around, looking mm-hmm. at relationships, looking yeah. at men and women, looking at nature, and drawing God's wisdom from that. And the same can be done um, as we think of deeply about finances. That's good. Yeah, Matt, in terms of the listeners, you know, maybe having an interest in talking to you, if they're in yeah. a position where, let's just say, somebody's thinking, well, I really don't have any savings, I do have income, and I have debt— uh, could they still approach you if if they don't have assets currently that uh, they're looking to have managed? Oh my goodness, yes. Okay, and then uh, how do you work was, in that capacity? Uh, say that again, sorry. And then if that's true, and I'm sure it is, then how do you work in that capacity? Yeah, so the process, here's here's what we do. We um, No matter where somebody's at, I think there's value in bringing somebody in on your team to have in your corner to help you walk through your finances and taking a look at them. Um, and I know I have, uh, my wife and I, in the years past, we have experienced the benefit of, of sitting down with somebody and taking a look at things, even as exposing as it can be. Uh, and that's why on my website I say, you know, in a non-judgmental, uh, judgmental-free atmosphere mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. – um, you know, you know, people. It's looking at finance can be very exposing, and so what That's we do true. is we yeah. sit down. Uh, we sit down with them, and I, I hear, okay, what do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish financially, personally? What are your goals? Uh, there as a family, as a single, whatever the case may be. We want to 
here where where does somebody want to go? What kind of story do do they want to write with their finances? That is the question I begin asking, and then uh, and then we look at a snapshot. Okay, here's where you're at, and we see where you want to go, mm-hmm. where you're at, and then we gather all that information, and then uh, I work with a team of people, and we look at that. We we all have different various levels of expertise, so we can deal. You know, we can. We can help people who are business owners, successful business owners, people who are trying to go on a business venture, somebody who's trying to do real estate investing, somebody who's not trying to do any of that, but just trying to uh, save in mm-hmm. the typical common vehicles. And yeah. and so um, so we, we come up with a plan and then we have another meeting and we say, okay, here uh, here's where we see things going. And here are some gaps. You know, we're, we're, we see your foundation. Uh, guess what? We, we, it's, uh, it's either strong or there's some areas of improvement. And, uh, and then look at your different savings buckets uh, for different uh, things. And then, and then we make some recommendations. Mm-hmm. And, and, but, and up to that point, uh, that whole process, um, there's no charge. Uh, my heart is to help people be financially healthy and it's definitely my heart, you know. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't ask for this change. God opened this door through mm-hmm. circumstances, um, and and so I always want to make a connection to the kingdom. And what really motivates me is helping other my brothers and sisters in Christ to walk faithfully with Jesus in their finances. And boy, if I can help them do that, I, uh, I'm. I'm feeling good. Wonderful. <laughs> and, uh, that's great, man. You know, you know, Matt, that's an interesting quote. It was Dale Carnegie said that if you help other people get what they need, you're going to get what you need. <laughs> but yes. on, that, on that note, Matt, can you give out your contact information? And we'll do it again at the end of the program, which is going to be about 10 minutes. But just put yeah. it out there now, and then we'll get you on the, on the mm-hmm. downside. Sure thing. I would. Uh, you can go to my website, which is uh, matthewbazemore.theletters.com. N as in Nancy and M as in Mary stands for Northwestern Mutual.com. Uh, I'll take you to my website. You can click on some buttons there to either email me or my phone. But my email is also very simple. It's Matthew.Baysmore at NM.com. Um, so those, those would be the best ways to reach out to me. Um, and, um, and so, yeah, feel okay. free to reach out. Okay, we'll repeat that on the end. Mm-hmm. Did, did you, you yeah. want to bring something else up? Yeah, you know, um, what would be the best advice you have for the, the Christian listeners right now, Matt, um, mm. about today's economy and where you see things going in 2024? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Boy, that's a great large question there. It is, um, yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll answer this. One... Um, there's a lot of discouragement, uh, and I definitely sense that in the Christian community that I'm a part of, Mm -hmm. and I want to speak hope Mm -hmm. that, uh, Jesus has overcome. He's the King. He is sitting on the throne, which biblically means he is reigning, reigning as a King. Mm. And, um, and he's got us. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, no matter what people are concerned about financially, uh, there is hope to place our hope in Jesus with our finances, to trust in him. Um, and because he's good, uh, there may be 
downturns that are short term, uh-huh. but God's goodness comes through and he wants things to grow. He wants things to multiply. And so there's always hope that uh, he will turn things around. So I want to speak to hope in the midst of discouragement uh, that there is, uh, again, he's a redeeming God. Um, second, you are loved. I'm just going to repeat my values because they're so biblical. Um, you are loved. You are safe and secure. To be in Jesus is the best place to be financially, professionally, Amen. as a husband, as a mom, whatever the, wherever you're at. You are loved by God with his agape love, and that is the best place, the most secure place to be, uh, and especially financially. Yeah. And then right. third, the third thing I would encourage people with is that Jesus wants you to have wisdom. So take some time. Uh, there are plenty of great, solid voices out there. If, if you... If somebody wants to hear my voice and to help them walk in wisdom, boy, I'm, I'd be so honored. Yeah. Just know I'm not the only one out there that can offer good, sound wisdom to help you move forward with wherever you're at. And so just to encourage to take action and to find a trusted voice and, and then from there to build to find um, a team of people of trusted voices to help lead you and guide you in your situation. Yeah, and you know, thanks for that, Matt. You know, it, I was I was chuckling over here while you were talking because you know I was in financial services too, and we did futures. So we worked for the big institutional players, and our advice was put three to five percent of your total portfolio into futures to be a countermeasure if you had you know a change in the market conditions. Right, it would smooth out your portfolio returns. Um, but I got to tell you, since I've been a Christian, the best advice I can give is to follow Jesus Christ and put your care and trust in him, like you said. So the first thing I would do if you're worried about tomorrow is run for him. And, uh, and, and John and I have countless stories from people in our network, pe- people that John has uh, mentored about how he provides in, in the most critical situ- uh, conditions and situations. We've talked to missionaries that said, you know, they used to figure out a strategy about how they're going to fund their next project, and all they do now is just pray and put it in God's hands. Yeah. Weck. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what John's a part of, the missionary group that goes into over 70 countries to bring the word of uh, God into um, areas that have not heard it before and don't have any yeah. Bibles. So. You know, man, and you've I, lived that that way too. Well, you know, you know, so you should give your background on WAC and how what WAC's motto is. You, you don't yeah. ask for him. yes. Go ahead. Right, 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 yeah. right. Well, you're familiar with missions. Ours was an older mission, Worldwide Evangelization for Christ, founded by C.T. Studd, which was a famous mm-hmm. London uh, man cricketer. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, we had to see God provide. We raised our children uh, overseas, but. Um, I'm with you, Matt. I mean, a lot of us don't understand what I call the ABCs of finances. And what goes into that is promises of giving. Not that God is always going to give, we give and you're going to get back. Oh, sure. Yeah. The other one we saw, too, was contentment. You know, godliness with contentment is great gain. And we're in a culture that puts these things out, uh, you know, brand new. You've got to have new and improved, new and improved. But when you step back, you might think, I don't really need to to purchase that. I don't need to get that at this time. And wisdom in those areas is really powerful. And I have a lot of people now that they repurpose stuff. 
they even find stuff and they polish it up or they paint it and they sell it, but they got these multiple streams of income. And I think yeah. we're moving into a, in a, in a, in a culture and an economy where I think these kind of factors are going to come in yes. about, that's what yes. I love about church. I mean, when I say church, I mean the local church, uh, you know, but not church universal, which is, but the mm. local church, like the CMHA, the, you know, the Presbyterian yeah. Baptist this is the sharing component and find out who is needy, but in a sense, not just to give them, what, well, of course, when they have a point of need, but to give them the kind of information you're giving them, Matt, to like say, yeah. hey, let me explain to you something about exponential growth. You know, how this thing, you know, it's the idea of, if I wrote you a check for a million dollars today, or said, mm -hmm. I'll give you a penny today and double that tomorrow, and yeah. well, in a month's time, you have over $5 million just yeah. from the principle of exponential growth. And right. so these principles that you're telling our, our, our guys are really sound, Matt, and um, we're just going to, you know, maybe have another show with you, God willing. I mean, mm -hmm. if we still have the, you know, the program going forward, all of this stuff is in God's hands, and we're really grateful yeah. for this program, uh, WNZN Radio, coming from Lorena. How about it, David? Over absolutely. The it's been incredible. And this is good yeah. information you're putting out there, Dave, uh, Matt. And... Um, Real quick, what I would ask you for a little bit of advice here. What about yeah. uh, what do you think of non-liquid uh, money cert uh, bank certificate, money savings in the bank? Like a, that's getting four to five percent. Real quick. Yeah, um, there's well, again, it depends on the person's uh, place and stage and situation. Um, but uh, if if you have, I would say if you have more than ten thousand, that uh, I would take the excess. Keep the ten thousand as an emergency fund, and take the rest in in places that uh, can work your money harder. Um, and so, unless of course you're in a retirement stage, you need to stay conservative. But there's conservative investments as well. But that's um, that'd be my uh, just shooting from the hip. For <laughs> I, I hear um, you. Yeah. I'm just curious. We only have a couple minutes left, Matt. Is there is there anything off the top of your head that you think is uh, I know that I've catch you off guard. More secure, uh, if you if right today, right now, you think is is there any kind of secure place to put uh, if you had some discretionary money? You, I agree, but you have the safety net of about five to ten k. But yeah. is there anything you can just throw out there, just in a closing before we close out? Sure. And this, um, I've been learning a lot and studying about this and how uh, this can play a huge part. But uh, I, I am totally sold on the value of uh, cash value life insurance policies where you can, uh, they grow uh, on a compound basis over time and you can take out cash uh, tax-free. You don't have to pay income tax for interest earned every year. Uh, and, uh, and it can build over time. And that's mm -hmm. become a vehicle that many of the mm -hmm. people that I work with is part of, and you can use it all the way to retirement. So, you know, when the market, mm -hmm. when the market's down, so a quick example, when the market was down, uh, you know, like two years ago, yeah. everybody was losing. And so uh, if you had a cash reserve that was gaining interest over time, like that kind of cash value life insurance policy that you could take money out without taking away from your investments that were already at a loss. Wow. And uh, there's plenty of examples that show that you can preserve your investments for a longer term if you have a resource like that. 
And so, um, you know, right now for Northwestern Mutual, the dividend interest is at 5%, mm-hmm. um, and that gets evaluated and changed on, a, on an annual basis. Um, but, uh, you know, if you want to know how uh, a cash value life insurance policy can aid you now with your financial plan, you know, I I think I think they're a great instrument. Right, huh. So You could run the numbers out for somebody calls it. Okay, before we close, yes. Matt, if you could give your contact info one more time. Yeah, I will. Um, and really quick, a life insurance policy never goes down in value. It's not tied to the market. It guarantees yeah. to go up. And I forgot that point. Interesting. All right. My contact information is Matthew.Baysmore at NM, stands for Northwestern Mutual.com. So Matthew.Baysmore at NM.com. Thank you. And Matt. one last thing, Matt. Well, what is Northwestern's cash value life insurance called? Well, what, what is the, the, the uh, term? It's uh, called a whole life policy. Okay. Okay. Okay, Matt. Um, thank you. Thank you for uh, for giving us this valuable information and learning more about you now that we know you. And uh, like I oh, said, yeah. down the road, we'd like to, God willing, uh, have you back on the show. And before we close, I'd like to maybe pray, and especially oh, yes, for please. listeners that might be going through a difficult time. It is difficult in so many areas, not just the economy, but in culture and all this anxiety. But the thing with money and getting by is so important today. And I just want to pray a special blessing on our listeners as well as for Matt, that God will continue to bless him yes. in his ministry, uh, which I believe. And, mm-hmm. and a ministry, my, my good missionary friend used to say, ministry is just w- what follows in the wake of somebody following hard after Jesus. And I always <laughs> like that. Heavenly Father, yes. we thank you for this day, for this time. I thank you for this interview with Matt. I thank you for his giftings and the, 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 his whole life is about glorifying you first and foremost. And I do thank you, Lord, for the journey you've taken him on and the, and the, and the lives he's touched uh, in formal ministry as well as ministry now in stewardship and helping people in difficult times with finances. I pray everybody that's listening, especially those that are hurting, financially, debt, credit card, whatever it might be, just just this could be a glimmer of light. Maybe you're listening to this program today, Lord. They're listening today to get some real practical information. And Matt... Matt Bazemore may be the answer to that. So I, I ask a special blessing on Matt and his family, uh, and uh, may you use him to bless many in the days coming ahead. That's for right. the, your sake, for your glory, we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Matt. Amen. It was a great Thank show. You. Appreciate you. Appreciate it. God bless, buddy. You too. Thank you. Bye, brother. Bye-bye.